This is episode 471 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Seven Awful Reasons Why Preppers Give Up. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by Audible. Now Audible Books was one of the inspirations for this podcast. I purposely don't add bumper music to the podcast because I want it to feel more like an audiobook that just starts and it provides value. So I love to learn and grow through audiobooks, and Audible makes that very easy. If you are not a member of Audible, you can join for free for 30 days and start your Audible journey with two free audiobooks. The great thing about Audible is that you can cancel at any time, and you keep the books that you have downloaded. So for more information, click the link in the show notes, or go to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com forward slash audible. All right, guys, let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from smartpreppergear.com. And again, the title is Seven Awful Reasons Why Preppers Give Up. So let's go ahead and start. When first getting involved with prepping, there is a sense of excitement and urgency. Skills that need to be attained and the gear that could be helpful are continually running through your mind. Many will search the internet for hours looking for informational resources and supplies. As time goes by, many preppers begin to slow their pace down. The sense of excitement and urgency slowly weans. As a result, many people stop being focused on preparedness. I can attest that recently I have noticed my focus on preparedness has slowly been shifted to the back of my mind. Luckily, there are behaviors that I've developed and have become a habit that continually remind me of how far I have fallen. On top of that, friends and family members will periodically check on my progress with my preparedness. Thankfully, these reminders have kept me not too far from a preparedness mindset. However, in the light of many events, the preparedness community has witnessed a sharp decline in activity. Experts in the preparedness community believe that after the election of President Donald Trump, many have lost their focus on preparedness. Along with that, the economy has shown positive signs of growth recently. This again takes away from the urgency that many have to be preparedness focused. And lastly, there are many that have lost their preparedness focus due to other reasons. This is sad to see. Ultimately, no matter what you're preparing for, there is a strong likelihood that what you have learned and attained will become valuable when needed the most. So in this post, I'm going to share some of the awful reasons that I have noticed why others have stopped prepping. Hopefully, by debunking or refuting some of these reasons, it will encourage you to become focused again and keep it. All right, so seven awful reasons why preppers give up. Number one is political climate. As I mentioned before, the preparedness community has witnessed a sharp decline in activity, including industry-wise. Some preparedness stores and companies have recently seen a decline in their customer base. Many experts allude to the election of Donald Trump as president for a possible reason. A lot of preppers tend to be affiliated with the Republican Party or at least claim to be conservative in their political beliefs. The preparedness community saw a huge influx of followers during the years of the Obama administration. 
Of course, the preparedness community maintained a decent size before those times, but there was exponential growth during his presidency. So, the preparedness movement during the Obama administration. There were fear-mongering tactics that were used by companies that promoted preparedness and survival gear by implying dangers or danger was imminent during the Obama administration. Such tactics included claims that President Obama was on the verge of enacting martial law. One big supposed conspiracy theory involved Obama rounding up opposition during the Jade Helm training and placing them in camps. Now, I'm not saying that these accusations were true or false. I have no expert inside source that many prepper websites claim to have during this time. However, we can now look back after his presidency and say that those conspiracy theories never came to pass. Don't get me wrong, I was highly skeptical of Obama and potential and his potential to cause great harm to many. So guys, I'm going to just stop right there. I can't remember exactly what the Jade Helm thing was. It could have been um, preparing for martial law. I think that was the big deal if I remember correctly. But I don't remember them saying they were going to be rounding people up. But anyway, I could be completely wrong about that. I mean, there was a lot of speculation. And I will say that there is a lot of there is a lot of fear-mongering out there. I mean, of course, we know that if we're going to get clicks to websites and different things like that, I mean, there are some websites out there that, you know, are a little bit more sensational with their headlines because it's, you know, it turns out to be clickbait, right? You click to it and then maybe the article is not that bad or, you know, it's, you know, they're taking something, maybe one piece of information and they're really making uh, a mountain out of a molehill. That's very, you know, that's very possible. But I know that there have been some uh, long, you know, long-standing uh, preparedness stores, online stores that have gone out of business because of this. And it could have been that maybe they overextended themselves and all that kind of stuff. I think it's always good to kind of stay small and, and be smart about your growth and, and all of that kind of stuff. But there were a lot of things that um, that were troublesome during the Obama administration. It wasn't just conspiracy theories or it wasn't. And he says here, you know, hey, he was highly skeptical. I think a lot of people were. And I think if, uh, you know, the Democrats were still in there, I think we would still, and not because of the fear mongering, but there were some things that they would like to see different in America, you know? And so however they went about doing that or whatever, there are some reasons to be concerned. Now, again, I'm not saying Donald Trump is, you know, the perfect the perfect president or, or not. And I do agree with him that a lot of people um, that saw, you know, hey, President Trump came to power and like, okay, we can breathe easy now. A Republican is in power. And that's not necessarily true either. I mean, you know, so, I mean, there you go. There's things that you, you like about what he's doing and other things like it's throwing like caution, like, hey, whoa, what's going on? So that's why you need to stay prepped and aware. Not to mention the fact that that's just the idea of if government was doing something, you know, negatively to to affect, you know, the, the United States citizenry. There's always disasters that are that are just around the corner, right? I mean, you know, you could have a, a major blizzard up north here in the next week, and you can be, you know, snowed in, and that could be very severe for you. And that's one reason why you want to be you want to be prepared. You know, you're not pr just prepared because of the political climate. And he makes that point here. So let me go ahead and keep reading. So the preparedness movement post Trump election. 
After the election of Donald Trump, the preparedness and survival industry took a big hit. It is my belief that many thought a politician would save Americans and there was no longer any reason to fear. It is shocking that many see a politician as a savior or some sort of idol that would protect them from everything. It is astounding to think that preppers would feel relieved that a politician would save them from the government. Most of the problems that we have in the United States is caused by politics. So believing a politician would save many of the problems that are caused by politicians seems ridiculous. This shouldn't be the case. So don't get me wrong. I agree with some of the measures that Trump has put into place. However, our motivation for prepping shouldn't depend so greatly on the political climate. The government cannot save us from pending man-made and natural disasters. They may be able to hinder these disasters, but never prevent them. All right. So number two would be the cares of life. This is number two reason cares of life. Losing focus on preparedness due to the cares of life is something that I have recently experienced. There come seasons in our life where we can get so caught up with what is going on that it takes our focus away. Examples of such circumstances can include family problems. This is most especially true if you are experiencing a divorce or the loss of a loved one. Those type of circumstances can be emotionally and mentally stressing. It takes our focus off of the future and places it on the present instead. By taking our focus off of the future, it then takes away from our mindset of having hope. Hope is one of the crucial elements of survival. There is a saying with the rule of threes that without hope, you can only survive three seconds after SHTF. I'm not sure if this can be scientifically proven, but the principle is true. If your mindset is without hope, then that can drive you into depression and despair. This ultimately affects the way that we think when looking for resolutions because we can be so stuck on the negative. Having hope helps us to keep our minds clear, which will be essential after SHTF. All right, so the third reason is feeling completely prepared. Now, once you have a preparedness mindset for a certain amount of time, there is the temptation to feel completely confident in your ability to survive should SHTF. Many of us spend thousands of dollars on gear and supplies thinking that equates to being prepared. Our shelves can be fully stocked and have all the highest quality gear on the market, but still not have a long survivability rate. This is because many believe that things will ensure their survival. However, the true test of survival is being able to survive without gear and supplies. In many SHTF scenarios, you will be forced to survive with what you have at the time. Ultimately, at that point, you will have to rely on the knowledge, skills, and preparations that you have acquired. For example, what is the point of having a full artillery of weapons but don't have the training to properly use them? Having a gun in itself is not going to ensure that you live if you are ever the victim of a home invasion. What will increase your odds of survival in that situation is having the knowledge and skills to properly defend yourself. Of course, I am not advocating that preppers shouldn't have gear and supplies. These items definitely help aid in the fight for survival, but ultimately we should have the know-how to survive without those items. Number four is the opinion of others. So when I started to develop a preparedness mindset, some of my family and friends began to think that I lost it. They gradually began to remove themselves from me thinking that I've gone nuts. Joke was on them because I have been nuts. A big reason for this is because of how vocal I became about the importance of being prepared. With this type of pressure from your support group or social circle, it is easier to just give up. 
However, after some of these people encountered natural disasters and became aware of the potential threats that began, they began to understand my lifestyle. In fact, many of those same people today will ask my advice regarding preparedness. Now, a lot of my family and friends have taken steps to become more prepared by stocking up on emergency items. I wouldn't say that they are now preppers, but their mindset is slowly changing. So many of us get excited when first getting involved with preparedness and tend to evangelize our new belief or way of life. We hope that others will convert into our way of thinking. However, this tends to push people away as it seems weird to them. They've been programmed to think one way their whole life, so what you are now doing seems foreign to them. So we shouldn't seek to proselytize or our social circle. Instead, we should let our lifestyle speak for itself. Eventually, it will have an effect on them, causing them to become more prepared. So it can become lonely, though, when you are the only one in your social circle that has a preparedness mindset. This is why it is important to build a social circle with others that are like-minded. Many times you can find like-minded individuals in the groups or activities that preppers typically get involved with. For example, you can practice at a local gun range or join a rifle club. Other people that frequent these locations may not necessarily label themselves a prepper. However, a lot of gun owners have the mindset of preparedness of defending themselves should the time come. They may not go to the length of building a large emergency food and water supply. At least, they have a certain aspect of the preparedness mindset. This makes it easier to relate to them. So I encourage preppers to find local groups and activities where you can build relationships with others who share an aspect of the mindset. Relationships are another important aspect to survive. Despite popular belief, the lone wolf never survives long. As humans, we were designed to be satisfied through social interaction. There is a saying that iron sharpens iron. This is so true when you're interacting with someone that has the same mindset. Typically, after you have spent some time with someone who shares the same mindset, you tend to feel refreshed and energized. And guys, that's one big reason why the Facebook group is, you know, that it's always there. And it might not be the most active one, but, you know, when something gets shared and people are commenting, you know, you do feel like you have that camaraderie. And for some people, that's that's the best they can get to because they just can't find other people in in the, their social circle, right? It might not be as easy to go to a gun club or, you know, if you can find people that are gardening and, you know, that might be uh, a way to do that. If you live in a big city, there's a better chance for you to find a group that gets together, maybe like on meetup.com or maybe there's a Facebook group that you can, you know, connect with local people, you know, in your area. But it is hard, but you know, you should try to do it. You should try to connect with people because a lot of the times when it comes to preparedness, they're, they're going to be the only ones who really truly understand where you're coming from. All right. So number five, uh, the fifth reason why preppers give up is a lack of financial resources. Being prepared does not come cheap. This is why the preparedness and survival industry continues to thrive, especially in hard economic times. On top of that, you have fear mongers who shamelessly plug their products instead of encouraging strategic purchases based on rationale. This has shaped a belief that if you don't spend money to be prepared, then you have a small chance of survival. This causes many to be discouraged and give up when they don't have the financial resources they believe that they need. However, as I mentioned earlier, you can have thousands of dollars invested in gear and supplies but still die quickly when SHTF. 
Without the knowledge and skills to survive, the gear and supplies become useless. So in my opinion, having a preparedness mindset with limited financial resources is ideal. This teaches you how to survive without certain gear and supplies. In a previous post, I also shared some tips on how you can save money or even spend no money on your preps. There are tons of ideas for building a stockpile. And guys, that's another reason as well. I've said it many times. One of the reasons I believe that I was able to get prepared to the level that I feel comfortable at. And I'm always, of course, I'm always adding and stuff like that. But, you know, prepper website, having prepper website and having a little micro biz brought in some extra money that I didn't have to touch my my, uh, family budget, right? And so that's one of the reasons why I recommend that people should have some kind of micro biz. Uh, where you you don't come home and just sit down on the couch and just veg out. You do something. Do something to earn some money, whether that is something that you're crafting, that you're making. You go out to the to the garage and you're doing something or you provide a service or whatever it might be, but you're able to bring in a little bit of extra money to pay down debt, to maybe build your emergency fund and to buy preparedness uh, supplies. And so that's one reason why I think it's so, so important. All right, so number six, the sixth reason is loss of interest. There are many reasons why people get involved with the preparedness movement. A lot of people experience a hardship or life-threatening situation that opens their eyes to the ever-looming threat that we face on a daily basis. Typically, it takes situations like this to motivate people to make a change. For example, I got involved with preparedness in 2009 after experiencing a job loss. Not only did it suck losing a job, It just so happened during one of the worst economic recessions that our country has ever faced. This resulted in me being unemployed for two and a half years. Unfortunately, I had to resort to depending on the government for financial resources. On top of that, I had to walk and catch city transit. So I lost that little bit of self-reliance that I believed that I had. During that time, I began to see the frailty of relying on a fiat currency. I began to see how that we as Americans are brainwashed to depend on the government and infrastructure and the grid. I slowly began to take steps to recover and prevent that situation from ever happening again. However, others get involved with preparedness because it seems like a cool fad to them. It may be that family and friends open their eyes to the world of preparedness. They are enticed by the tactical gear and intriguing bunkers that they see through other preppers. Mainstream radio stations and shows entertain them with thoughts of living and surviving in a dystopian society. Sadly, a true conviction for being prepared is never cultivated in their mindset. Sadly, after a few months or years, they begin to get bored and search for another eye-appealing lifestyle that that they can fall into. For those types of people, preparedness was never a mindset. It was just a cool thing to do and call themselves at the time. This is why it is important for people to develop a mindset of preparedness and cultivate that into a lifestyle. Many people are excited about the idea of building a bug out bag, resisting martial law with their uh, guns and hiding in secret locations. This is until they realize that those fantasies are not likely to occur. Preparedness is more than just bug out bags, beans, and bullion. It is more of a way of life and thinking. In my book, The Strategic Prepper, I talk about the importance of prepping strategically and not based on the fear-mongering lies that TV and radio moguls get rich from. Preparedness is a lifelong journey of developing a mindset of building knowledge and skills that will increase survivability. We shouldn't just be prepping for the extreme scenarios like a nuclear fallout, though there is a possibility that such an event could happen. 
But we should focus first on the more likely scenarios like being mugged, natural disasters, the grid being down, etc. All right, so number seven, the seventh reason is a lack of goals. There is the tendency for many new preppers to max out their credit cards on bug out bags and guns when first coming into preparedness. They are under the impression that we are under impending doom of a nuclear fallout or a globalist takeover. Then a few weeks later, they are regretting their decision and now struggling to pay the bills. As a result, many just give up. Guys, never ever use, please, never use your credit cards for survival gears, for preparedness gear, for buying, you know, prepper, uh, you know, buying long-term food storage and stuff like that. Unless, you know, you have one of those cards. I don't even know if they still do it anymore. We really don't use credit cards, but like the Discover card where you, you know, you pay it off and you get money back or whatever. I mean, if you're doing that, you already have the money, fine. But if you don't have the money, do not use credit cards for, for, for that reason. It's just, that's not a good scenario. And there are people that have done exactly what that, um, what I just read, that they've charged up their credit cards because they were in a, in a panic or in, in some kind of fear. And then things didn't go down the way they thought they were going to go down and they're stuck paying the bills. All right. So you don't want to do that. All right. So the underlying reason for this is that new preppers lack the knowledge and strategy of being prepared. This is why in the strategic prepper, I encourage strategic prepping. There should be an aim and purpose. This should all start by conducting a threat assessment. We should really write down relevant threats that we are likely to face. Then depending on the likelihood and frequency of those threats, a strategic plan should be developed. You are not going to become fully prepared overnight. As I mentioned before, this is a lifelong journey. However, by practicing strategic preparedness, we can become effectively prepared for those more likely threats within a matter of a few months. Now, I'm not saying that you will be fully prepared. It is a process. However, it is more important to be fully prepared in the more relevant areas instead of partially prepared in many other areas. So these are some of the reasons why I see people leave the preparedness movement. We will likely see another influx of new converts within the next election season or other major crisis that may occur. Regardless of your reason for becoming a prepper, I hope that this post will help encourage you to stay focused and on the course. All right, guys, I, I concur with this article with a lot of these issues. I mean, I have seen that before. People begin to fall off and then you will see a big increase, you know, when things happen. And so uh, this article was written when the, the stock market was still kind of stable and still continuing to go up. Uh, it just and really it was just like a week ago. If you're listening to this, it was just a week ago from the time I'm recording this where, man, we've had like a, a major just downturn in the in the, the stock market. And so that's going to rattle some people. That's going to cause some fear and panic. And then although it doesn't necessarily affect us directly, those of us on Main Street, you know, Wall Street doesn't necessarily affect us on Main Street right away. The panic and the fear that it can send through the markets and the news can cause fear and panic all over the place. And that can cause things to, you know, people to start questioning and looking like, hey, what's going on? Maybe these maybe these prepping people have some idea. And then all of a sudden people are coming and finding articles and stuff like that. Or, you know, someone shares out, uh, you know, a, a preparedness article and they're they're maybe they've you know, looked at preparedness before, but for whatever reason, it pops up in their feed and they start sharing it out and other people start sharing it out and people start coming to the websites again. And so, you know, that's very, very possible. 
So I know I did see a little drop off. So I do concur there, there was a drop off when Trump got into office. It was almost where you can kind of you, you really see it like happening. And, and we talked about this. We've actually been talking about this in the preparedness community for a while. Now, I see it. Uh, you know, it's it looked like it was steady for a while. Now, it kind of looks like it's trending upward a little bit as far as the traffic and, and things like that. And of course, doing the podcast has always helped because um, there's people that listen to podcasts. They don't necessarily come to websites. And so I know that I have been in contact with a lot of other people that I normally would have, wouldn't have been in contact with as far as listeners to the podcast uh, versus readers of the website. So I know that the message is still out there. It still needs to be out there because things, the fundamentals have not changed because you put a different person in the White House doesn't change things. But all these other reasons make a lot of sense as well. Life begins to happen. You know, work gets crazy. You start having relationships problems and that gets your focus off of things. Your kids, you know, start running off the rails or whatever it might be. Your family starts turning on you or, uh, you know, all these other things that can start uh, coming, you know, at you can cause you to want to put it down for a little bit. And you know what? If that happens, no one's going to blame you. But you gotta you gotta understand, and I like what he was saying here in this article. You gotta come from that preparedness mindset. You're not doing it just for a fad. You're not doing it just to have some supplies just in case the zombies come. You're, it's a lifestyle because Murphy comes all the time. When you're not, it's like when you least are prepared. That's when things come and hit you, right? So when you are prepared, when you have things ready to go. It seems like Murphy doesn't doesn't come and visit you as often. It's like when you're down on your luck, that's when Murphy comes and shows up and and wants to like you know uh, you know camp out <laughs> camp out in your front yard, you know. And so I've been there before. I know that you, if you're listening to this, more than likely you have experienced that before. So preparedness really is that mindset. I, so I appreciate that he said this when he was uh, writing this in this article. It is a lifestyle. It is a mindset. It is just a mindset of being responsible. Really, that's what it is. It's about being responsible, taking care of yourself, not allowing, not desiring somebody else to do it, not, you know, the government not doing it, but you being responsible for you and your family. And if more people did that, I wonder where we would be in our society today. All right, guys, great article. Like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. There's a lot of other links in there that you should go take a look at. And uh, you can easily do that because I link to all these articles in the show notes. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 471. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show if you haven't already. You can head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.